them in a bag not helping the small farmer instead of harassing them why are we being scrutinized when people want what we're selling why don't they help us serve the people animals less healthy than you can't nourish you are you surviving or are you thriving are you too busy to live do you have grain brain that was brain fight for your life get your prescription for health today Is mother nature too good to be it's true? not you it's the food it's a no grain oh <laughs> Um, that isn't happening to us. It's already happening to you, woman. Join our army of minas. Keep the government off our farms. Make, Make it happen today. Save the bacon. Save the bacon. It's time to drop some atomic mom bombs. It's not me. It's you. Invest in your life. Yay! Her name is me. Hey friends, this is Neethi the Pharmacist and I'm so excited that this afternoon I have one of the darlings of the Rogue Food Movement. It is Mr. Dennis Stolzfus himself. Hey Dennis, how's it going today? Hey, I am great. Glad to be here. Glad to be a voice. <laughs> Dennis, I, um, I was so honored you guys to be able to share the stage with Dennis at the Rogue Food Conference this year. And um, now, let's see, we had the conference January 25th. Here we are, we're recording on March 2nd, so we've had a lot of time to kind of ruminate over, um, you know, at, like post-conference. And it was a really emotional day, wasn't it, Dennis? Yes, it was. For me, especially. <laughs> oh, I think we've all been waiting such a long time to start this conversation. Yes, for me, many years, and uh, that day felt like digging up a lot of old songs for me, but it was, it was good. I hope it was as good for others as it was for me. That's definitely good for me. You know, it's been years for you uh, working on Real Food. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your backstory? Okay, so my backstory is I was raised Amish Mennonite in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on a 100-cow on a dairy farm. I was raised on a family farm. That family farm did use many chemicals. My dad was really into the latest, greatest. <laughs> um, my brother, however, took over that farm uh, over 35 years ago and changed it to a grass-based organic farm. He's been certified organic for over 30 years. I watched that change, and uh, there were some things happening in my own health at the time that attracted me to that uh, healthy food production that my brother was doing, and I eventually came back to uh, farming and food production. So I grew up on a farm twenty first 20 years of my life. I left the farm for a little less than 20 years, and now I've been back to the farm, and it's not been 20 years, but it's uh, 17, 18 years. So... Uh, the farming that we do today is producing uh, nutrient-dense, healthy food. Uh, food is medicine, and um, that's our goal, is to produce food that heals. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, the state especially, um, you know, we put out a, a videos and uh, a lot of our messages about human health, and, and uh, people just really get offended. The FDA will not allow you to use the word cure. Well, I, I don't need to. I, food does its thing. And, uh, food, food heals. But there's many 
many powers that be that are offended by our message and uh, don't like it. And uh, so we've been attacked by the state for that. And, and uh, we sell pet food legally here in Florida, but uh, that is uh, being challenged somewhat too now that they have crossed the T's and dotted the I's and made everything to where it has to be labeled just perfectly. Now they can harass us with those things and, and bother us and just continually um, uh, try to bring us down and hassle us with, you know, $5,000 worth of wasted labels mm. that our customers don't want. And so that's our present challenge and, and something we're trying to work out and, and deal with. So this is the reason for a lot of the rogue food. I mean, I've had people ask me, um, you know, what does rogue food mean? Why are you rogue? What are you doing that's wrong? And I try to explain to them how far removed everyone is since we have these centralized grocery stores. People are so far removed from their food and they don't understand the adulteration that's happening. Um to the food. And as a, as a producer yourself, maybe you could speak towards that. Well, the FDA allows over 4,000 known uh, additives to our food supply. Some, some countries uh, limit it to more like 25 to 50 uh, additives, but these emulsifiers, colorings, conditioners, thickeners, thinners, all kinds of uh, additives that the FDA allows are not good. Many of them have all kind of uh, issues in and of themselves, but mixed with other ingredients, there's added problems, and then there's the contamination of insecticides, pesticides, herbicides, and other chemical fungicides and sprays in our food, and eventually you have a toxic soup. <laughs> and we wonder why one in two people will be touched by cancer before they die, whereas 100 years ago it was one in 100. I mean, 100 years ago there weren't antibiotics and dewormers and pesticides and chemical fertilizers and chemtrails and all these things that are now ending up in our food, and our food has become a toxic soup. Yeah. And, you know, people are ending up with what you call in your book human torture therapy <laughs> and you had a personal experience with that and it doesn't take but one loved one to have a personal experience with that and you don't want to go there uh, my mother had cancer 30 years ago and you know that human torture therapy of chemo radiation and surgery and poisoning of all kinds is terrible yeah um and why not prevent the whole thing in the first place? Why why do so many people get cancer? What changed from 100 years ago to today? Why is it 1.2 or 1 in 2 instead of 1 in 100 now? So we have to face the reality that we've been duped, we've been lied to, we've been additive crazy in this country for way too long. I mean, uh, why does Canada and the EU not import uh, any dairy products from the United States because of RBGH and, and other things, you know, they don't want our our product. Our the USDA the USA does not produce a healthy food product. Some of these countries are saying, hey, we don't want your junk food anymore. 
Well, why do we Americans want it? Because they don't even know. And then, you know, um, the, the, the uh, standard response of most Americans is, you know, well, I don't even care what I eat. Ignorance is bliss, but it's not bliss after you have experienced human torture therapy. Exactly, exactly. And other health issues. I mean, I was at an eyeglass store a few months ago, and an older lady sitting there said, Oh, you look just like my son, and we got to talking very friendly. And come to find out her son died at 38 years old of a heart attack. And she showed me pictures of her grandson and granddaughter, 14 and 16, who are now left behind without a dad. Yeah. Why? Why does this have to happen? It doesn't have to happen. We need to think more prevention and food is it. We are what we eat. And what about the water poisoning? You know, like I find it interesting that these cities like decide to invest money in pouring chemicals into the water to clean it versus distilling it. Can you just tell me how that makes any sense at all? It doesn't. And and how about our toothpaste, which is 50% sugar, and the American Dental Association tells us to teach our children to rub this sugar around in our mouths very carefully <laughs> every night before we go to bed. With aluminum poisoning and Hello. um, Hello. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and then the dirty water to rinse our mouth out after we've rubbed the sugar in very carefully into our mouth, then we rinse our mouth out with fluoridated water. I mean, yeah, we've gone insane. And then the fluoride yeah. is a heavy metal toxic, you know, neurotoxin for anybody who doesn't already know this. Yeah, yeah, I know. So there's an onslaught of chemicals and additives and things in our food and water mm-hmm. and the air we breathe that is really causing some serious problems. So we can reinforce the positive. We can take responsibility instead of being the victim and and change what we put into our mouths. And our bodies make 300 million new cells every 60 seconds, every one minute, our body is remaking cells, and we determine by what we put into our bodies if they are healthy cells or medium or weak. It's that simple. Yeah. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to be a nutritionist to be healthy. <laughs> you can just some very basic common sense things, like, for example, um, is the food that you're eating made in a factory, or is it made by nature? Right. Um for example, milk uh, made in a natural way, meat produced in a natural way, uh, beef produced in a natural way on on grass and healthy uh, healthy grass and healthy soil can be an amazing health food loaded with nutrients that are valuable to healing and to building healthy cells. Yes, I agree. Meat made in a... Uh, in a case on a confinement animal feeding operation can be extremely toxic. So it's, it's, it depends. A lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't eat meat and milk. Oh, I don't either from the grocery store. <laughs> well, and, and they don't understand that, you know, life-giving force, living soils, you know, are only possible with livestock. They're not, it's not possible to have living soil without the livestock. Yes. I had a, I had a lady one recently tell me that you don't need 
um, manure to raise plants. And I was like, yeah, you don't need manure at all. But you do need the life-giving force of a, of a creature massaging the soil and re-inoculating it when they defecate on the soil. Right. Isn't it true? Yes. They have even done studies on cow saliva. Some plants in these pots on the left got cow saliva. Some plants in the pots on the right didn't. I think you can Google this. And uh, the plants that got cow saliva on them were So the population today is lied to by the, the, um, I call it, you know, the mob media because they just want to create this mob rule. And so they're manipulated, socially engineered by, um, by our institutions, which were the structures that we formed to serve us, but now they've become our masters. And so these structures who are financially benefiting from the suffering of others. Um, and also, I mean, there's, they're benefiting because they're part of the drug cartel, which would be the pharmaceutical industry, which is also the food producing industry, right? They're all, they're all the same people. Right. Well, who owns the, the medical schools in this country and who owns the department of agriculture? are dying over this message and um and not just the victims but the people who are even involved in some of the studies if they don't agree with it and they try to reveal the truth it's amazing how these scientists and doctors are you know dying and nobody knows how or why it's like a mystery right Well, Dennis, okay, so you guys have this this cool co-op. You guys are servicing like basically all of Florida, is that correct? Right. We do. It's I'm I'm so crazy. I have I didn't know about that and I didn't know about you until I met you at the conference. And I've had people, I have friends and family that have been in Florida and everybody who's been looking for food. And I get calls from people to join my CSA from there. I don't, you know, I don't serve Florida. And so I, I really am and appreciative that I was able to meet you. And I'm excited to be able to share information about you so that people can find you and and know that you have a solution for them down there. But you've been caught up in all this litigation and you have these folks coming after you over all these licenses. And so, um, that was how it stood when we were at the conference. What, what's going on now? Right. So it's been an ongoing, uh, battle first. Uh, we, uh, left the license lapse through our own, uh, busyness, just getting caught up in the day to day and, let some things slide, and then they came after us and accused us of selling food without a proper permit, something that's been done for thousands of years. <laughs> but suddenly it's a crime, second-degree misdemeanor crime, and we were dragged into court. 
and we were found guilty of selling food without a permit, but the judge delayed sentencing until April 14th, so that's still coming up. But immediately after the trial, we were served an administrative complaint and a fine of uh, $3,000, which we just settled last week for $2,000. So now we still have to wait on the final sentencing, which we think will just be court costs probably and be done because we paid the food mafia off now and we hope <laughs> that'll be the end of it. But we don't know. We know that there's a battle between good and evil here. There's a battle between really healthy food and healing people and the business of human torture therapy. Why can't they just not send you um, a notice like a bill and just say, hey, you know, you're out of compliance. Please take care. Please satisfy this bill. Well, they, in essence, did. I think they would argue. But I was also getting notices for other things. And it quickly went into file 13. It went into the trash. And it was an oversight. And I wouldn't do it again. I I learned to look through my mail a little bit. But, you know, you can get really busy in life. We do have seven kids and and an extremely busy little farm. Uh, So we just an oversight, and suddenly you're a criminal. They send somebody here to make a purchase of our illegal food, and we're criminals. And we're I mean, why do they have to trick you? Why, why, is, why is all of the drama happening instead of someone just coming to your house and saying, hey, do you not get your mail? I mean, even if they just spanked you verbally versus... Um, you know, treating you as if you were intentionally trying to break some kind of law. Right. That's what you do with a true friend. You you go to them and you say, I think there was a misunderstanding. Right. But they're not, they're not our friends. They want to drag us into court. They want to harass us. They want to make things very difficult. So they didn't do that. They dragged us before a judge and, and we're criminals. We're criminals for selling healthy food. And I just want everyone out there to know like, you know, this is the reason why, um, you know, people are always saying, well, why can't you just get, you know, the good, why does it have to be so expensive? Why are these farmers trying to charge so much money? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, there's there there's everything that's going against the the folks. And, and I'm, I have a lot of folks that are saying, well, farmers are just bad business people. But no one knows all the things stacked against um, the farms, the ones that are actually trying to sell the real food. And and the reason is because the media, the mob rule media and the institutions, these people that we, you know, the structure that we created that was supposed to serve us that is no longer serving us because it's been corrupted um, by the mafia, basically the uh, pharmaceutical um, and industrial ag mafia. Um they have everyone believing that food is everywhere and that it must be coming from some farm. I mean, I know I was stupid and believe that, you know, honestly, I thought that I was buying fresh meat from the store, cooking it for my family. And I mean, what a fool I was. And, you know, our daughter ended up getting sick and then they tried to convince me that it has nothing to do with food and lifestyle. And amazingly, when we, took her back out of the hospital and put her on regenerative meat. And I'm talking about meat. I'm not talking about being a vegan or anything. I'm saying we put her on meat and it cured her cancer. 
Oh, and so now I'm now my experience is an anecdote. It is, you know, not to be taken seriously. It is not to be considered as a real experience. What has to happen for people to uh, realize that um, and, and like follow the money and realize that that, you know, if it's not soil based, it has no real value. Even the dollar doesn't have any value anymore. I mean, it's not like it's backed by gold. There's no gold standard. Right. Anything, anything that's going on in this world where they've created these jobs where you're paying people um, for services instead of pr- products. Right. It's, it's kind of a, um, a fake economy. What would you say about that? Yeah, well, the, the economy of our real grocery store food is certainly fake. I mean, 99% of it will not, doesn't have a life force that will make you healthy. So you can't go to the grocery store and, and, and get really healthy food that you're going to you know, prevent disease with or have healthy children with. So we're forced to go outside the box and find a farmer that uh, really produces the real thing. And even that's hard to find. But uh, it's out there for the seeker. How would you suggest that we help consumers connect with the rogue food producers and you know I had an, someone was interviewing me earlier and they were like well Neethi you had to do like all this study and go and find the food and you know and then you had to realize how different the folks that you found were versus what we could access at a regular farmer's market and so how do we make it how do we make this more visible for everybody Dennis? Well I I don't think we need, I'm not sure if we need to, I think the seekers will definitely find. We we have a, a situation here in Florida where there's a, a farmer that's uh, pretending to produce, uh, for example, uh, grass-fed milk and, and it's grain-fed and it's not only grain, but it's a lot of grain and it's not even GMO-free grain. Wow. So at first I was quite uh, upset about this. This was years ago and I... And I uh, I called a spade a spade, and I got a lot of flack for it, and um, I found out a few years ago that it was still going on, and uh, the, the guy hadn't changed a bit. He just really uh, doing really great stuff, uh, making a lot of money, um, <laughs> selling a product for, uh, for you know, that pretends to be one thing and, and is not, and so... I actually asked uh, like three or four or five very wise people in my life what I should do about this counterfeit. They said, you know what, people who really seek will find the truth. They said that a lot of people like to pat themselves on the back by saying they're doing something good for the environment or whatever by buying at Whole Foods or uh, from a local farm, but they're not really willing to do the in-depth research that to, to gain a real relationship with their farmer, to really look him in the eyes and to find out if he's really, you know, they, they want to pat themselves on the back, but they don't want to read books and really do in-depth research to find out if the food they're eating really has a lot of nutrients in it. Yeah. So they're happy to be greenwashed. <laughs> so that's the difference between them and me and you, I think, is because me and you, uh, you, because of your experience with your, your child, uh, human torture therapy, you don't want to go there again. I, because of my own health and wellness experience, and then just 
sort of being a stubborn old German, um, I, I don't want anything to do with supporting that system anymore. So we eat our own food off our own farm, and then uh, 80% uh, is that, and then 10% we buy from other local, known and trusted sources, or even non-local. Uh, I'll ship food in from Timbuktu if I need to get the nutrients I need, and then the last 10% we go to the grocery store. I mean, that's how we live, and, and there we buy organic if we can yeah you know and it it isn't even still as good i still call it poison (laughs) most of it it's like just to meet health code to arrive in the centralized grocery store or even in a lot of the farmers markets around here they've been washed in bleach and so even if they raised it in a good way before they arrive they have to wash it in a solution that well, I know this one farmer right now who's battling over taking his um, organic grass-fed awesome meat to a USDA slaughterhouse where it's um, washed with, I think, citric acid or something. Ugh. And that's a big no-no, and, and some people are afraid that that's been GMO'd and messed with or is derived from a GMO product. And so they definitely don't want that on their life force food, which he's producing for them. Which he worked so hard to do that he invested two to three years or whatever probably to raise it. If, right. And, right. and you know, that's what people don't know is that the real regenerative meat, people say regenerative or they think grass-fed beef is, you know, like lean and yuck. And I'm like, no, that's just young animals that are that are processed too early because someone didn't actually feed them correctly. And for as long as they need to be raised out. And right. because our regenerative beef has plenty of fat on it and it's oh, nice, yeah. nicely marbled. Yeah. And, and so, right. So at, at these processing facilities, I mean, our, I know our beef is washed with hot water because I've asked like at least every time <laughs> I call and ask all the time. Like, so could you just remind me, you know, how you're washing the carcasses, you know, and uh, I think the lady thinks I'm crazy now because I, I, I call pretty regular. She said, it's still hot water, honey, still hot water. Yeah. But <laughs> I just want to make sure because they, you know, they're changing things on a dime all the time. I mean, can you speak to that, Dennis? Like, you know, what are you facing in terms of the way that our departments of agriculture are? I mean, I feel like, you know, I don't know if people realize that a lot of these meat processors that we want to be able to use, they've been doing everything to drive them out of business. I'm talking about USDA, like any of the small abattoirs, they make it almost impossible for them to even afford to be able to remain in business to help us process these animals. So the rules and regulations are made for the big guys. The big guys do millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of business. So it's no problem for them to get the the proper you know, uh, fancy equipment, stainless steel, everything, you know, having the slaughterhouse spotless, um, perfect, you know, citric acid is no problem for them because their, their meats are sold in the grocery store and those people don't care. Um, uh, but our people want the, the brains, the tripe, the, the, uh, the, 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 the weird things from the animal and then they don't want their meats washed with citric acid and, and things like that. So, um, 
there's just a different mindset and there definitely is a battle between you know the people that want this certain kind of life force healing food and the and the regulatory agencies because the agencies really you know are made for the big guy and those those big guys are producing food for people that really don't care don't you think it's funny that they're regu- they're regulating food for people who don't care and then the ones of us who want to be responsible and and take and and you know like really investigate and find our own things like why do they even care what we're doing right why don't they just let us go and do our thing and and have the food we need here's another example so i was raised in pennsylvania where lebanon bologna has 15 pounds of white refined sugar per 100 pounds of meat. Uh, There's a problem with that white refined sugar for people like me. There's not a problem with that in the grocery store. People that buy their food in the grocery store, they're okay with white refined sugar, but I'm not, and my tribe is not okay. So we go back to the processor and we uh, ask him to use organic sucanat, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, at three, three pounds per hundred instead of 15. So, you know, we have to reinvent the wheel and we're producing healthy food. So why should we come under that regulation? We're this uh, small one, two, three percent of the population. Why are they so concerned about regulating us? Why not make healthy food? Why not worry about the food outbreaks that are happening in the grocery store food? I don't think that people are getting sick and dying from, from our real food, are they? I mean, that's, I had a guy ask me just now, he's like, well, how do you know that your meat was fine? I'm like, what are you talking about? In a decade, I've never had a bad pack of meat. I mean, I might've had a beef that's tasted not the best to me because every creature tastes different. And maybe that particular one wasn't my favorite, but it certainly wasn't going to make me sick. It was just not as delicious as one of the other ones that I had. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, the flavor from one creature to the next is different, but the um, actual benefits, the medicinal benefit is, you know, um, always there. And I mean, I want everyone out there who's listening to this to think about this. And, and you know, I have, even my brother-in-law, he, he's like, why do you think anybody's after you, Neethi? That's so dumb. Like, who are you anyway? And I'm like, right, why do they care about little old me? You know, why is the USDA and FDA always showing up over here? Why do they care about me? And why are they shutting down or harassing our um, abattoirs when they're only, you know, processing like a fraction of what these large CAFO operations are, are, are you know, producing every year? So... A friend of mine, I ask him, he has a uh, state-inspected avatar, and I ask him why he doesn't go USDA. He said because he had a friend that tried to go USDA, and he ended up in the nut house. He's <laughs> losing his mind. Trying to work with the, the USDA and, and the agencies, he, he, ended up, he ended up going crazy. He ended up losing his mind trying to work with these agencies. So my friend said, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm afraid of it. Mm. So they drive farmers out of business and, you know, then you got litigious consumers. So that's the reason why we're rogue, everybody, just so you know, because you, you've been trained by the mob rule media to believe that, um, you're always right, no matter what, and you don't have any responsibilities at all. 
And then you have like a small farmer who is just a family. They're just like, Dennis is just a family man and his family is producing this food. And you're basically putting the financial um, burden on him um, to, you know, for you to get the best food ever. How is it Dennis's responsibility or anybody's responsibility for that matter? Right. And people are begging us for this real food with life force that we're producing, and yet the government agencies don't want to allow us to sell it. Why? What's wrong? Well, they don't get to benefit off of it. That's one part of it. You know, they want to be able to benefit from it, and that's the problem. <clears throat> also, you know, if more if more and more people realize that this life force can keep them from having to be diabetic or um, have migraines or have thyroid conditions or have, you know, what everybody considers to be aging problems like achy bones and joints or, um, you know, just allergies or eczema or MS or cancer or the bazillion gazillion dollar illness industry, call, call it, I mean, how many are there? I can, I can't even think of all the names. There's so many list of possible, all everybody knows is all the diseases they possibly could get, but no one knows about how, to, no one wants to uh, love themselves enough. Like we're living in this society where everybody's just walking in a diminished state and they don't believe they're worthy of this. I mean, I don't know. That's what I see in a lot of cases. What about you? Yeah, there's definitely a, a real issue here. What you know? What is the dichotomy? What are we dealing with here? So I think it's just uh, simple. It's uh, David and Goliath. It's Monsanto against the real farmer, right? Yeah, yeah. And how are you supposed to go up against the government? That's basically what this, what they're saying is. And why should I? Why is the U.S. Department of Ag not helping the small farmer instead of harassing them? Why are we? being scrutinized when people want what we're selling. Why don't they help us serve the people? Why don't the people demand it since the government is our servant that they've forgotten is our servant? Yeah, that's when change will happen when people demand it. Yeah, so consumers out there who are wondering why uh, the better food, you know, I mean, I hear people say all the time, you know, that, if you're eating regenerative, then you're just an elitist. Um, I'm not an elitist. I just refuse to let my other two kids die. I refuse for us to suffer unnecessarily. I don't. Is it elitist to be healthy? I mean, apparently it's elitist for you to love your children enough to not poison them knowingly. Now, when my uh, when my wife's sister took her boys to enroll in school, they said, "What uh, meds?" They were going through a long questionnaire. What meds are your two boys on? Oh, they're not on any meds. They said, what? <laughs> Almost an elitist now. If, if your children aren't on any meds, there's something wrong. Yeah. I mean, this isn't normal, right? What is going on? Exactly. What? What's wrong with health? Is it a crime to be healthy? I mean, I think that we're criminals because we refuse to do anything to poison ourselves and our children. And a, fe a federal judge says that we don't have the right to determine what we put into our bodies. 
Oh, really? Oh. America? And the, and the USDA also says the same thing. They're on record stating that these are the, these are our servants, our public servants have stated that we do not have the right to choose what we put into our mouths. Yeah, that's, that's crazy amazing. It really is. Where's the freedom in this country, huh? Freedom? <laughs> You're so funny, Dennis. <laughs> Tell me that. Everybody, and, and these young people are ready to give up their civil liberties, left, right, and center. Yep. Left, right, and center. They, you know, the mob rule media, um, they find the most extreme situations uh, or the most extreme arguments to use as um, triggers to help um, gain their precedent to be able to remove our civil liberties. So they use guns and abortion, wow. you know, as, as a as something like, cause if they can gain precedent on either of those things and vaccination, yeah. you know, if they gain, if they win on any of those fronts, which now they've won vaccination in California mandatory. And what people don't understand is that these precedents will allow them to make medical decisions for us. And take away our freedoms, which are practically gone already. If we don't stand up and fight for them, they are gone. Yeah. I don't think that people realize, like, first of all, I don't know anybody who thinks abortion is a good idea. Like that. Yay. Abortion. I don't know who that person is. And also on the flip side of that, I mean, you know, the vaccine situation is state of confusion and chaos because they are misinformed. People are just misinformed. They don't have enough knowledge to understand how immunization works, which is what we're fighting for with real food, isn't it? It is. It's a very similar battle, isn't it? I mean, you can't gain uh, immunity without uh, nutrient-dense, beneficially bacteria-filled food. Isn't it true? It is true. Your body can't function without it. I just want to thank you for being brave and producing the food anyway. And with everything that's going on, your family, I haven't heard you once say that you're going to quit. Well, I'm not going to quit until they force me to quit in some way. I mean, I've been called to this. I believe this is my mission. I feel a real passion for this. I, I know that when I look at my plate of food every day, when I eat, I determine if I'm building healthy, medium, or weak cells. So I'm going to fight for the freedom to build healthy cells and to have healthy children and to avoid human torture therapy because... <laughs> As an EMT many years ago, I saw enough of that. I saw enough of people put on drugs and all kinds of things that did not heal. There is no doctor out there that will ever tell you that drugs have healed anything. They don't. Only food has the power to do that, and only real food, only raw food, only food that has a life force in it will heal your body. With the information age that we live in, if we tap into what's there, if we really seek the truth, we can find the truth on any of these issues, Needy, that we've talked about so far. It's not that hard. 
keep digging, keep searching, you will find the truth. And the truth is that real food, nutrient-dense food, can heal the body. It is an amazing thing. Our bodies were made to heal themselves and will come back from the brink yeah. if we just feed them properly. So what do you eat day-to-day, Dennis? Uh, I eat three to six ounces of uh, very well-produced, nutrient-dense meat, usually red meat, but chicken and fish are fine. Mm-hmm. That is what I eat first in my meal. The second part of my meal is a huge amount of healthy fat. Fat can Healthy fats are anything from nature and properly produced. Unhealthy fats are those that are made in a factory. So, like, what's an example of that for what you would have? Okay, I eat a lot of cheese. Mm-hmm. I am uh, freely free to consume butter, coconut oil, lard, uh, eggs, pork, beef, and... Um, You're talking about raw cheese. Yes, raw dairy, raw cheese. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Cream is a, is a big thing for me. Cream in any form. Ice cream is my favorite, tastiest form of cream. <laughs> but um, any form of cream, cream with fruit, cream with whatever. And then, so the third part of my meal, so the first part, and I eat sequentially, I eat protein first and then I eat fat. Uh, and I eat a huge amount of fat, maybe 50 to 75% of my diet is fat. And then I eat a small amount of carbs at the end of my meal. A salad, uh fruit with cream, something like that, anything, you name it. I only eat two meals a day. I eat at 11 and 6 o'clock-ish, two meals a day. That's what we eat as a family. The children eat some snacks, not that much. Right. Um, Yeah, we produce a lot of our own food. Yeah. So the kids are eating the same way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they eat the same way. Yeah, they I have seven children who have basically never seen a doctor for any reason. <laughs> they were born at home, just healthy as can be. Lovely. Yep. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree with you actually because we like this too. Yeah. And I haven't thought about doing it in that order. That's interesting. Well, I only came upon that in uh, Dr. McCullough's book, but I started this about three years ago, and it has made a huge difference for me. Protein first, Mm -hmm. fat next, and a large amount of healthy fats is a big part of my diet, and then a small amount of carbs. I I do restrict carbs um, in my diet. I am very ketogenic. I think that's the key. I think um, the sugar, sugar, sugar that we're eating in America today 140 pounds of uh, sugar per person per year average is not healthy. And uh, dementia and Alzheimer's is just diabetes of the brain. Um, right, right. I agree. We really need to reduce our sugar or carbohydrate intake. So do you find that the raw dairy um, allows you to keep your carbs low? Because I also um, find, well, maybe just for me, I have autoimmune condition too, so... If I, um, I can enjoy some raw dairy, but like the cream, the butter and the cheese, I can have little bits, you know, it doesn't bother me too much. But, um, if I have too much of it, it is a total carb for me. Like I can't have that much of it. Well, I don't chug milk. 
a chug keeper, cream, butter, cheese, but I don't chug milk. It it doesn't agree with me. Again, if you're a mixed type, Mm -hmm. my wife, you'll do better to, um, you'll do better on milk than I do, but I, I can't drink a lot of milk because I do keep my carbohydrates low. But then milk made into keeper, extremely high probiotic. The carbohydrates have been digested largely and reduced drastically. Right. So kefir is like cheese. It's a cultured product with uh, very high uh, fat and mu- very much reduced carbohydrate level. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I can't do a lot of just straight milk. I love milk. I, I, could, <laughs> I love the taste of milk. I could drink a lot of milk, but I think... Uh, you know, some of these raw milk farmers are finding that people want to reduce their uh, milk consumption now to a condiment level, and I think that's a lot of the uh, carbohydrate, I mean, the ketogenic diet right. is, is sweeping this country. And uh, uh, we're finding, you know, the, the diet of 100 years ago, again, was healthier, and that was a, a, a drastically uh, reduced carbohydrate diet compared to what uh, we're eating today. Yeah, definitely. I think think it's important. It was all meat and some vegetables and not even a lot, because if you're eating vegetables seasonally, then, um, you would still definitely have way more meat. And I agree with you, like the raw fats, you know, um, are highly beneficial and butter. I feel like we can't keep enough butter on hand for our CSA. I agree. Really, really healthy raw butter is one of nature's perfect foods. We <laughs> wean our babies on it. Yeah. And uh, we we do not restrict butter consumption, even though butter is, uh, you know, we, we sell really good raw butter for $17 a pound. We do not restrict our children on butter consumption in any way, shape, or form. I think it's like butter and cod liver oil, some of the best <laughs> healthy fats out there. I agree. And of course, we're talking all foods here that are 100% grass-fed on nutrient-rich soils, healthy grasses. Yes. This is the beef and milk we're talking about, and this is the raw dairy. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never found, uh, like, uh, 0157H7 uh, E. coli in <laughs> grass-fed animals. That comes from unhealthy animals, probably GMOs, but that that stuff just doesn't happen in healthy grass-fed animals. So that's what we're talking about, eating foods from healthy soil, healthy animals produce nutrient-dense food. And healthy sun. Yes, lots of sunshine. Lots of sunshine. You know, an an interesting thing here, we're talking about solar power. (laughs) Um, You know that 95% of the nutrients taken up in grass or vegetables or plants that you eat are, are uh, not from the soil. Only 5% of the nutrients come from soil and, and 95% come from the sun and the air. You know, and, and, and meanwhile, you got these crazy people trying to hide from the sun, Dennis. You know, they're hiding. And what they don't also know is that your eyes allow you to absorb more vitamin D than than anything on the body. It's like your solar panels, your your eyes. Right. Well, well, your skin is a solar panel. 
Well, your skin is too. I'm not saying that you don't absorb through the skin, but your eyes, you absorb the majority of your vitamin D through your eyes. And, And if you keep sunglasses on your eyes, then number one, you become light sensitive, which you otherwise wouldn't. I, I had become light sensitive and then I started reading all this and learning about it and I got I threw away my sunglasses. Yeah, I never wore them. Well, I wish I would have never worn them. I didn't know. And you know what else I learned is that I could put um, ghee in my eyes and uh, even tallow and lard and it would improve my vision and it did. Wow. Do you know I have 20-20 vision and like... I should, I mean, at my age, I'm supposed to have reading glasses or something right now. And I don't. I just, wow. ke- I keep putting fat in my eyes. So tell me specifically how this worked for you. So I'm interested in this. I started, my vision was giving me some trouble. I was having like a lot of glare problems while I was driving. Put it in with a dropper or what do you do? No, I literally have melted, like, you know, just melted not hot obviously like just creamy uh tallow or lard where it's just softened a little bit and i'll just stick it literally in my eyeballs and just rub it into my eyes and just you know just sit back and just chill for like four or five minutes you can meditate for 15 minutes with it in your eyes and just relax you know so here's an example of a food that is demonized by the establishment being a pure and healthy and healing food. Yeah, and it's my my eye doctors are just, you know, every time I go in for my uh, vision check, you know, then they're like, your eyes are perfect. Like, you know, I do have, I have a little bit of a delay transferring from, you know, my farsightedness to my nearsightedness, you know, like, Probably a little bit of a delay, but it's seconds. It's nothing serious, you know, and I'm able to focus. But I will say that my vision has improved over the past 10 years versus decline. And when I went up on the fat and started incorporating, and I mean, I'm more carnivore now. Honestly, I don't even have the fruits and the vegetables because I... I kept trying to not do that because I was like feeling like, of course, I need to eat some vegetables or, you know, I mean, plus I'm Indian, right? It's kind of weird. Like I'm not supposed to do this. (laughs) So So this little voice keeps telling you to eat your vegetables, but you've found that carnivore works for you. Oh my gosh. If I eat the vegetables and the rice, I feel horrible. And like, you know... It's funny, though. I can tolerate rice over greens. Isn't that weird? Mm. Like, I'll have more of a reaction over vegetables than I will. And I'll have, like, arthritic bone pain even. Mm. Now, wheat, definitely. I'll take the greens over the rice for myself. Yeah, I I think everybody's going to have a little bit of a different reaction to the plants, you know, the chemicals or whatever. And maybe it's because we're Indian. I don't really know. I mean, I don't know how much of the hereditary piece actually counts. I think it matters more about your geographic location. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, what do I know? I don't really know anything. Well, I think it's both. I think, you know, my wife's maiden name is Kilgore, which in ancient Scottish means <laughs> keeper of the goats. And I know my kids just love our goats. I, I don't <laughs> say I'm not a goat person. I'm more Germanic background, but I know our kids love the goats. 
and uh, our oldest has a, a goat uh, thing going here on the farm, and and uh, I'm not sure how she would survive without her goats. You know, it's in the genes. I, I think there's <laughs> a, a definitely something to the genes. I think there's something to our environment, our uh, present situation, even day to day. But it's not a one size fits all, is it? Mm-mm. I think the only thing that I know to be one size fits all is that there's nobody who has, who is unable to process and digest and use meat and fat. Right. Do you, do you hear of uh, meat allergies? Good Never. Grass-fed beef allergies. I mean, peanut allergies. I know why they exist, but good grass-fed <laughs> beef. Uh, who's allergic to that? I mean, anybody who tells me that they can't digest beef, it, they have been buying it in a store. Right, and there's citric acid or something else on there, and even antibiotics used in the production of that beef. So it's not the beef itself, it's the production. Well, it's probably the same for peanuts, too, you know, Nita, because uh, the peanuts are not to blame, it's the fungicide that's put on every two weeks needed, (laughs) you know. Well, I mean, okay, so it is a legume, so the phytic acid could be an issue. But besides that, yes, I agree, they spray peanuts to death. And, um, apparently, I mean, you know, I always wondered what it was about peanuts and cashews that bought, well, they're both legumes and you're not supposed to eat them in that volume. And, but you know, while you're talking about that, Dennis, can you explain to everybody, like a lot of folks, I think they believe that citric acid is like vitamin C. So like, what is the problem with washing the meat with that? Well, it's only one. Uh, portion of vitamin C, and it's a man-made, uh, factory-made portion. There's nothing, uh, I mean, it, it goes back to what I said. If it's made in a factory, it's likely bad for you if it's made by nature. And in nature, citric acid, is, there is no citric acid plant. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, but I thought it comes from oranges or lemons or something. Well, yeah, you, you get citric acid from them, yes, but it comes with the rutin and KNJ factor intact. See, it comes with the other things intact. It's not a lone uh, extracted nutrient by itself. Right. And this is the reason why I wish people would stop taking their eggs apart and eat the whole thing. Why is it that they believe or they've been made to believe by the mob rule media that they should have the whites and not the yolks? Isn't that crazy madness? So they end up in human torture therapy sooner. Yeah. That's the only reason because the nutrients are in the in the yolk, not the white. And the white is hard to digest. So, yeah, that's just, it's the same as the establishment telling you that fat is bad for you. Fat is not bad for you if it is healthy fat. Yes, chips, cookies, and crackers that are made in a factory are bad for you, and that's a bad fat. Yes, I understand. And, yes, there's, uh, you know, a potato chip, a pound of, uh, a pound of potatoes <laughs> has about a gram of fat made into French fries, 60 grams, and made into potato chips, 600 grams. But that's not the bad thing. The bad thing is what kind of oil are they fried in? <laughs> not if, lard. Uh, if they were made in lard, it might be fine. <laughs> yeah, the 80-20 blend, the tallow and, and uh, coconut oil that they used to use in McDonald's just 50 years ago or even 40 yes. was fine. But now they're, they're fried in hydrogenated vegetable oils, which are... Um, Soy. GMO, rapeseed, or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. absolutely a cancer stick. 
that now your french fry is a cancer stick, whereas it could be fine. It could be okay. It might not be as good as beef. Right. There are downsides comparatively. It is a carbohydrate. We're saying we're getting too many carbohydrates, but right. at least it's, uh, and it's not nearly as nutrient-dense as beef. Beef probably has 10 times the nutrient density per pound. Yes. And who's going to make French fries at home with lard or tallow? And that's the point, right? You're going to do it once in a while, which is probably about the only times that you need to eat it, like once in a while. Do it for a a special birthday or something. something. Yeah. A special occasion. Yeah. 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 Treat yourself. It's okay. (laughs) Made with healthy fats. It it might be healthy in some way. Just like your raw cream ice cream, right? Like, how often are you doing that anyway, really? Come on. Right, right. That's a special occasion thing. It's hand-cranked, for crying out loud. It's not something (laughs) you buy at the store by the gallon and and just eat like pigs, you know. And it's made with low fat or skim, and it never fills you. You just keep eating and eating. No, this is filling. This is full-fat filling, satiating. And that's the thing about these healthy fats. They are really satiating. You can't just eat and eat them. They fill you quickly. Yeah. I mean, you probably get away with a scoop. And and even on my regular meals, I eat three to six ounces of protein, not a 20-ounce steak for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, that steak from the grocery store is so empty. There's so few nutrients in there. You get done with a 20-ounce steak and you feel full, but your body's saying, feed me, feed me. I, I You didn't give me anything to work with here. If you can't stay full for more than 30 minutes or maybe a couple of hours, then you didn't eat anything nutrient-dense. That's right. That's right. Try what I eat. I stay full for three to five hours easily and all night from 6 o'clock till 11 a.m. Well, now, and you're I'm physically you're you're physically I, working a whole I, lot more than sure, anybody else. No big deal. Dennis, you're you're physical. You're working outside. Yes. Can we, can we please talk about that? Because you're doing that and then eating like this. And, you know, we're talking about folks that go and sit at a desk in an office and they're eating probably five times more than what you're eating. Well, for example, we had a couple come visit one time and stay with us and we were horrified. They ate uh, 500 to 1,000 grams of carbohydrates for breakfast alone. I mean, they, you know, started with a sweet roll and a glass of orange juice and a croissant and a, and, you know, peanut butter and jelly. And I mean, it was, (laughs) and they looked like it too. They were very overweight. I mean, and, and you will be, but yes, back to your point, as a physically active person, you can eat a little bit more carbohydrates. Children can get away with more. If you're sedentary, you will feel so much better if you reduce your carbohydrates. And people are sitting there drinking soda, and it's not working. It's ending up with diabetes, which is off the charts in this country. Cancer is off the charts. People are afraid, am I going to be next? Well, yes, if you don't stop eating the all-American standard diet, you will be next. But I'm not afraid of that. No, and and then they try to tell you that you're going to have whatever your parents had, which is nonsense. I mean, my mom does, doesn't eat like I eat right now. 
you know? If I would eat like my mom did, I would expect to have cancer and heart disease like my mom did before she died. But I don't eat like my mom did, so I don't expect that. Right. Yeah. That's the moment where we're told that we're lying to the insurance company. You know what, Dennis, don't you remember, like, there used to be a time where nobody asked us about what our parents' health was like or any of our um, ancestors because it's irrelevant to what we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's a new way for them to scare people into believing that they're going to get sick. And, you know, you get what you believe, isn't it? Blaming it on genetics is not taking responsibility, Needy, and that's where people don't want to go. A lot of people just don't want to take responsibility. But we're saying for those of you who do and you're ready to really make some changes, you can experience something very, very different. You know, Needy, I told one of our longtime customers a few just a few years ago, I said, it's a shame that so few Americans, I said, uh, 95% of Americans do not experience what it's like to have a super healthy child. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, no, Dennis, it's 99.9. Yes. And I realized he was right, and I just broke down and cried right there. 99.9% of people in America will never know what it's like to have a super healthy child because they are not super healthy and they are producing much less than super healthy children. I mean, to have a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, easy-learning, quick-learning child that is quick on the draw. I played, uh, you know, that that game of uh, memory where you flip the cards over? Mm -hmm. That was my uh, three-year-old the other day, and she got 20 sets and I got seven. What that's joy, that's right? brilliant. Brilliant. What, what a joy. A three-year-old. She was just happy to whoop up on dad. <laughs> and I was happy to see her do it. Her memory is sharp as a tack. She is quick to the draw. <laughs> and I was doing my best. And I got seven and she got 20. Wonderful. Amazing. Such a joy. Such a joy. <sighs> I, I want people out there to know that the reason that you do what you do and I'm doing what I'm doing is because we're fighting for everyone to be able to experience that joy and know that it's possible. That's what it's all about. For those who are seeking, I've spent a number of years trying to help people with vitamins, minerals, herbs, and amino acids. And, you know, we had some results. We turned some people around. But then when they get healthy, they stop taking the vitamins and stuff and they go back and they haven't really changed their lifestyle. And guess what happens? They get cancer again. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So somebody has cancer and you help them get past that and they go back and get it again. Well, (laughs) whoop de do. I, I was just not that thrilled with the picture. So I stopped the vitamins, minerals, herbs, and amino acids. And I said, look, I will go back So my roots of farming, albeit very different from what I was raised with, I will produce the most nutrient-dense, spare-no-expense foods known to man, and I will see if people will pay $16 for a gallon of milk. And if they do, and if they do this readily enough for me to make a living, I am going to spend the rest of my life doing this. And that's what I'm doing. And the funnest part of it all is we can't produce it fast enough. I mean, yeah. we're we're cashing all our growth, so we're growing very slowly, but it's been a slow, steady 18 years of growth and 
progression and people are coming around now. It's amazing. People, not a high percentage of Americans. America is asleep at the wheel in general, <laughs> but there are more and more people waking up to the fact that food is where it's at. And if we want to be healthy, we've got to make real lifestyle changes. We got to get away from our addiction to our smartphone and TV and get back to taking responsibility and, and looking at life and, and taking charge of our own lives and making changes that are real. Well, I tell everybody, you know, I create my own reality and you can too. Yeah. If you, if you decide to walk in a direction, whatever it is, then just you're going in that direction. Nothing's going to stop you. Yes. And Needy, that's how I use your book. That's how I use Sally Fallon's message uh, on cassette tape originally and then on DVD and then and now on YouTube. I send mm -hmm. people links and I say, this is your homework. Again, and you want to meet with me again, I want to have you uh, have listened to this part of Sally Fallon's message. I want you to have read this book. I want you to have watched these DVDs. I use the different forms of education in different ways, but people say, how do you become such a great salesman, Dennis? How are you always, uh, you know, growing on your farm? I don't sell anything. I educate. And those who want to be educated, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I look for those people that are ready and ripe for education, and then I give them the tools, your book is one of those tools. That's why I ordered a case of them. That's what I will do with them. I will sell them at cost. I will give some away. I will sell them at a profit, whatever. It don't matter. That is completely immaterial. It is putting <laughs> materials in people's hands to spark, to challenge, to spur growth, to help them take responsibility, to show them they can do it. Look at what this Lady Needy Bally went through. You don't want to do that human torture therapy with your kids, so get on with changes. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, we had a friend, uh, for example, recently who, um, well, it was a year ago or so, they had a, a son who was like 13, and he uh, developed a problem with one eye. Well, they went and had a diagnosis, and there was a tumor in his head right behind his eye, putting pressure on his eye, and there was, you know, they immediately wanted to do chemotherapy. Well, they took this child to another state and did some alternative therapy and had a reduction in the eye problem. Mm-hmm. And they refused chemotherapy, but I want to give them one of your books. Why? Because it more clearly outlines through your story, through your experience, yeah. uh, how to get back on the road to recovery. These people are still wandering. They're wondering if vegetarianism isn't the way to go. Mm. They're wondering if uh, beef is, is good, okay to eat. Yeah. Come on, beef is the salmon of the land. You, you, it is. You don't have the contamination of the ocean because these cows live on land. Yeah. This is clean food to the max. And the land beef can... This is clean beef. There is nothing like it as a healing food. The nutrient density is superior, amazing. If there's not beef and butter yes. and cream, a couple things like that are just amazing. This 13-year-old can have this eye problem disappear and be healed for life and never go back there. But instead, they're sort of wandering. So I'm going to use your mm -hmm. book in this case, which is a real-life story of somebody I know and I met. Yeah. And 
I think it will speak to them and get them on the right track. And, you know, if not, I'll try the Sally Fallon message, the DVDs or the YouTube or whatever. I'll, I'll keep trying. But it depends on them. I can't ever force them to change. They've got to also, the student has got to be ready. So I just, I just throw the, the hook in the water, right? I'm a fisherman. <laughs> and, and I use some bait. The bait is your book, and the bait is Sally Fallon, and the bait is whatever education materials I can find that are really good, very uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, teaching or steps or experience, strength and hope, whatever that gives them, that can give them hope to, to heal their son, to heal. And, and he's 14, 15 now, so he can, he can read the book. Yes. And he's, he's getting to the age where he's got to take the responsibility, you know, and realize that he can heal himself if he does it. These children have to be educated. And, you know, like I've, my, kids have been listening to us preach this. Your kids are living it every day with you also. And they, I, I listen to my kids teaching other children and other adults, you know, and correcting people. And I'm really sorry to hear about this friend of yours. And I, I, um, I hope also that they know that they can take the tallow and put it in the eyes. And I'm telling you, the body receives it. The eyes are, you know, um, you know, the eyes are the one part of your body that heals faster than any other place on the body and that you absorb so much more through the eyes. So putting that tallow in the eyes of the child, um, is, is really, really powerful medicine. You're going to need to write a sequel to that book, right? Oh my gosh. I just am like, careful how you do it or you'll, you'll get, uh, accused of, uh, writing about cures and be put in jail for curing people. Well, you know, I had to create this nonprofit church so I could preach and there just speak my truth. And, you know, those who wish to hear it should be able to have the freedom to hear it. And that is what this podcast is about. That is what my YouTube channel is about. And I encourage you also to use those tools in addition to the book and any other person, any other producer or, or any other human being who wants to share some truth with anyone who they know about the, you know, power of food. This isn't magic. This is, this is law. This is law. It's, it's all the universal laws. This is the law of nature. It's the regenerative hoop that has been broken that we're working to restore. Yeah, just like gravity is a law, right. there is a law that says if you give your body nutrient-dense food, it will begin immediately to build healthy cells. Immediately. And your body yeah. regenerates every your liver every six weeks, your skin every 30 days. All the cells in the body every year. Every year you have all new cells. Yeah, your bones every one year. I mean, we can go on and on. Yeah, if if given the nutrients to do so. Yes. So that's our job, to feed our bodies nutrient-dense food, life force food that (laughs) can heal. That If we do that in time, we will experience tremendous healing. You know, I'm 56 today. Oh, today? No, no. Oh. <laughs> at, at 20 years old, I went to a doctor and I said, doctor, fix me. Please give me a pill because I'm, I, you know, I have aches and pains. I'm old. I have no mental clarity. feel like an old man. He said, look, I did $300 worth of tests and you're, you're fine. These numbers don't lie. I said, doc, I'm not fine. Mm. Please help me. He said, no, it's all in your head. Go see a psychologist. Oh, my okay. gosh. Wow. So I started reading books and that's, again, where your book comes in. 
see, the student was suddenly ready, and I started <laughs> reading books. And the books that I had back then weren't that great, Needy. Your book is great. Your book comes right down to what you did with your child to reverse the cancer, to heal that little body. Yeah, And it's you. all there in black and white. I didn't have books like this 35, 6, 7 years ago. I didn't have them. I, this book is amazing. I want to share this with my friends who need it before they get into the human torture therapy. Well, thank you so much for your support, Dennis, and for your work and for producing the medicine. And I, I want everyone to be able to go and find Dennis or find the Dennis's in your area because... You know, it's so important. I think, Dennis, you're going to start shipping soon, too. Like, if people need it to be shipped to them. Isn't yeah, that true? Yeah, you know, we, we want to do that. Uh, I need somebody to do that maybe as a separate business. But, yeah, we want to do that. We want to ship. That would be a great thing. We, we have people begging, just begging, people with cancer and others around the country that really need it badly. Yeah. Um, so we may attempt that. But meanwhile, there's eatwild.com, localharvest.org. People can find it. It's hard to find a real farmer that's really doing spare, no expense, nutrient density. But right. keep searching, keep asking questions, keep reading. If You know, Needy, if they read your book, they will be just light years ahead on what questions to ask. Well, I hope so. I ho what do you think of my report card? Which, by the way, I, I, I know it was a... It's it's so crazy to try to do that. Joel asked me to do something like that for the book because he's like, people need some kind of scale. And I was like, it's so hard to write this because it's like trying to create a report card on how to how to raise your children, which is ridiculous. But um, I, so I, it's, you know, I hope that it, it, it's just to give people an introduction because eaters have no idea, like no idea. I would encourage you to think about that and maybe come up with a booklet uh, or something that um, you might be able to do as a report card. I would be happy to collaborate with you. And maybe that'd be the thing to do, to get um, a number of us together maybe at the next Rogue Food Conference and collaborate on what a report card would look like. Yes. What, are, what is important in your Rogue Food Farmer to ensure, to be sure that you as a city person are asking the right questions to know that you're getting real, unadulterated, nutrient-dense food. Yeah let's, yeah, let's do it. You can do it. You, yeah. You, you've done well, it. I, yeah, I tried to start it, but I feel like I keep thinking of more things that I could do to tweak it or shape it or whatever. And, right. you know, I feel like it's a beginning. It's something for people to, otherwise they don't have any idea at all. Yeah, do it, Needy. You okay. can do it. <laughs> do it. I'm with Joel Salatin, and I'll help you in any way I can, and he will help too. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll start working on that because I think we, I think I want to make it so that we can have it. I can just put it up on my website and anybody can just access it anytime they need it. Like, mm -hmm. you know. Well, that's good. Then some of us need it in written form, like a little handbook or something, and we'll be happy to pay for it. And then I'll sure. use it to uh, educate my customers. I'll, I'll sell it or give it away and educate my consumers. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get it done. We're going to get it done now. Yep. And, um, so I could talk to you forever, Dennis. I mean, and I, I really appreciate you so much and, uh, the work that you're doing. And I encourage everyone out there, if, especially if you're in and around Florida 
to, you know, where, where, where can they find you? What is your website? Um, fullcirclerealfoods.com. So our farm name is Full Circle Farm. So our website is fullcirclerealfoods.com. So that's F-U-L-L-C-I-R-C-L-E dot com. Oh, farm. Is it Full Circle Farm? No, Full Circle Real Foods dot com. Full Circle Real Foods dot com. Yep. I'll make sure to put it in the show notes, guys. Dennis, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. And um, we'll have you back again. We'll have to make time uh, to have you back. Thank you for writing that incredible book. Uh, as <sighs> you heard today, I really majored on that human torture therapy. That just struck me. I saw that so personally as, a, as an EMT 35 years ago. The way that people got a sickness and then went to the hospital and got these chemicals and surgery and radiation and they just went from sick to sicker. Yeah. And I wondered, you know, as a young Amish Mennonite boy who, you know, I come from a background and I think you might relate to this as an Indian person. I don't know how Americans are not thinking like this anymore, but you know, if plan A doesn't work, we're going to try plan B. And if plan B doesn't work, we'll try C, D, E, and F, right? Yes. But we're certainly not going to continue with plan A when it's not working. You know how many years we've done human torture therapy in America? It's unbelievable to me. I mean, as an EMT, maybe you can help speak to these people about, you know, when I talk about her blood volume in comparison to the amount of chemo, they basically gave her a blood transfusion of 50% poison and like replaced her blood, her, her, her blood and her heart. Right. Like when they poured that in, it was like almost giving her a 50% blood transfusion, like diluting her blood with chemical. How is this supposed to help the body? How how are chemicals in the bloodstream? Uh, what? I don't get it. I mean, I don't understand how... Well, we've been doing this 40 years, and yeah. the creators of chemotherapy are now disgusted, and they say that all they've done is tweak the molecule or two, and they say they've come up with a new therapy, <laughs> and it's still not working, and people are still lining up for this. It's unbelievable to me that people actually think that human beings have lived long enough to be intelligent enough to replace the sacred bloodstream. So, so we deny the life force food and we go to chemicals? I know. And they they don't want to drink the blood of other, uh, like having the blood of the cow, of a fresh killed cow, drinking that is supposed to be like, um, you know, horrific, horrific, um, inhumane. They, they call you all kinds of bad names if you even suggest such a thing. And, but it's, it's fine to take man-made chemicals out of a lab. And, and I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about just drinking the blood, meaning like allowing it to go through your body's natural checks and balances. How is that worse than uh, drinking some chemicalized beverage like Gatorade or eating box cereal, which is a soup of chemicals mixed together and right. cooked for your breakfast? 
I know. I know. I, you know, you, you, you say like, if you were to drink the blood and milk of, of a creature to gain life force, you know, people are like, Ugh, who are these people or eat the liver. But, you know, meanwhile, you know, they have no problem with Coke and Pepsi and Mountain Dew or whatever this garbage is. So it's just unbelievable. Or they are fine taking a pill every day or 10 or 20. Who knows what's in that pill? Yeah, more chemicals, you know. More chemicals to alter the uh, symptoms does nothing to heal the body. I love your message of those who seek will find. And I am confident that this message is going to reach all the seekers. I think it will. I think it will spark in those who are ready. You know, there was a time for me when I was too busy to listen. And I started reading books, and that was 36, 7 years ago, and I haven't quit. And I'm starting to figure some things out. <laughs> Just a little bit, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. everything, and thank you for your time right. today. I appreciate you so much. And thank you, <laughs> We'll talk soon. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you like it, please share it with all your friends. I would love if you would write me an honest review on iTunes and if you are interested in knowing my story or learning about the nonprofit work that I do, then please read my book. I'll make sure that there's a link in the notes. And while you're at our website, then you know, you could become a sustainer and help support regenerative agriculture. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.